Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. This is the Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. Happy TGIF, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Santer, Luke Johnson, Dalton Sanford, more people than I can keep up with, all from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly, what are you doing here today? It's, we're not at a restaurant or anything. You're not supposed to be here today. No, I skipped out yesterday. You know, as part of my work release program through the right. sheriff's department, I got to you know, put my time in. Well, I was at Corner Market uh, Grocery Store earlier today, and one of the managers over there hollered at me, and he said, hey, Bob, is Kelly going to be at the studio today? And I said, yes, he is going to be there at 1 o'clock. And he said, well, tell Kelly that Ohio State is going to beat the beep out of Iowa State in the tournament today. So yeah, yeah, well, we'll I'm just passing, see about that. I'm passing that along to Wrong. you. Wrong. <laughs> hey, Kelly, I've got I've got Iowa State going to a Final Four in one bracket, so there you go. Do you really? Good. Come on, Luke. What's the matter, man? You yes, back on drugs again? <laughs> <laughs> Luke, I think they could get hot. Luke is a great man. Luke yeah. has, has excellent foresight. Does he now? Well, speaking of uh, basketball, the Lady Eagles last night uh, beat Nickel State 77-71. Now 18-3, and three, they'll advance to the second round of the WBI postseason tournament. They're going to host North Alabama in Hattiesburg uh, next Monday. It was a good game. They were ahead as much as 23 points uh, in the third quarter, and then it got cut down to, uh, I believe, two points with four minutes uh, left in the game, and they held on to win. And I know you guys, Kelly, uh, you and Luke, you're just as happy as I am for Jordan Lee Bagellis. Yeah, I think it's it's great. Like Luke had pointed out earlier in the week, if you're going to play in a tournament, regardless of what the level is, you play to win. Right. You know, and the fact that, the, that they, they got a home game, took advantage of it, and now have been rewarded with another home game. You know, good for them. Right. Also playing is William Carey University. They won the opening round of the NAIA Men's National Tournament. Uh, we're going to be talking to Coach Steve Knight a little later in the show. Of course, he's a Hall of Famer from Southern Miss and the winningest basketball coach in the history of Mississippi. He's a good guy, a friend of this show, and we're really happy for them. Look forward to talking to him from Kansas City a little later. Patrick McGee about to join us uh, on the Eagle Hour. But before we go to Patrick, remind you that the first segment is sponsored today by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Uh, Great restaurants all over Mississippi and Hattiesburg. It's right next to the mall. You can enjoy their fall-off-the-bone ribs and all sorts of smoked meats that they prepare in-house every day. And uh, they'll cater any large or small event for you. In fact, I'm going to one tonight that is being catered by Dickies, and I'm already looking forward to it. And I noticed you haven't told me where it is because you don't want me crashing it. (laughs) Hey, you know, you were talking about Steve Knight real quick before we get to Patrick, though. One of the $64,000 questions that nobody has ever had the answer to, and not to ruffle any feathers, but but what what Steve Knight has been able to do at Cary, now like the third winningest NAIA coach, you know, whatever, with him being a Southern Miss guy, how how somewhere along the line did Southern Miss not snatch him up? As a, and again, I'm not trying to ruffle any yeah. feathers, but how did he not, how has he not been the head basketball coach at some point? Well, that's a great question. And I know at one time, I think he put his name in the, in the hat. 
uh, when they hired James Green, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right, yeah. But, but anyway, congratulations uh, to Coach Knight. Uh, we'll look forward to that conversation. All right, normally he's with us on Thursday, but it's Friday. Today we're going to go down to the Gulf Coast and talk to our buddy Patrick McGee. We're going to talk a little spring football, some other stuff. But uh, first <laughs> off, Patrick, uh, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How about y'all? Good. We know you normally don't work on Fridays, but we appreciate you uh, appreciate you stepping in and uh, and helping us today. All right, for for those that aren't following it or hadn't had a chance to, kind of update us, Patrick, on uh, what has happened early on in spring football. Well, uh, no, no stunning developments. Uh, I guess maybe the one interesting thing is going out there on on Tuesday, whenever they held that first practice, is that uh, uh, Drake Dorbeck was running third string. Uh, didn't go through all practice. I think maybe he's dealing with uh, some uh, some lingering injury. Maybe at least that's what Jay Hobson alluded to. Uh, Paul Gaynor was there at left tackle uh, with the first string unit, and Arvin Fletcher was back at right tackle where he ended last year. Uh, so it, uh, really getting that offensive line, that ground game is going to be a big focus. And I think if you look at uh, uh, Kravinsky Mosley and and Steven Anderson and what they were able to do, kind of closing out the year last year. Uh, I, I, you know, you can only expect progress considering they were one of the worst groups in the nation. Uh, but uh, I kind of wrote about that earlier in the week. But uh, Buster Faulkner, a new offensive coordinator, wants to make that a, a focus. And I, in and what's kind of interesting to me, and what, what, why I think they will run the ball better, is Buster Faulkner has been working with Blake Anderson the last three years, and we all know how well Southern Miss ran the football. Uh, whenever Blake Anderson was offensive coordinator at Southern Miss. So uh, that's one thing I think people are really looking for here in the spring. When you look at the priority list, uh, Patrick, for this this spring training for Southern Miss, mm-hmm. bigger priority in play implementation with Coach Faulkner coming in or personnel decisions? I, I think, well, you know, it's the, the lazy answer is I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, for, for Faulkner, it's really going to be, a, you know, the offense isn't that different. The scheme's not that different than what they did before. I think we'll see more of a uh, that maybe the tight end involved more in the passing game. Uh, something along those lines. But overall, just the, the, the basics of the offense I don't think will be that different. Really, it's just a matter of learning the uh, terminology and the language and the pace that uh, Faulkner wants to play at. I think he was pleased with what he saw out of the guys starting spring practice. Uh, and, what, and, and he thinks they've been listening to what he's been telling them. So I think there's that, and but yeah, personnel is going to be interesting this uh, spring. I mean, there may be some guys that were starters last year that don't necessarily end the spring as as, as first string guys. So I think they want to see competition. They want to see guys that have been uh, maybe seeing a lot of playing time in the last two or three years. They want to see more out of those guys. They want to push guys. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if maybe some younger guys step up and take some uh, older guys' jobs. Uh, Luke. Patrick, uh, what does Jaden Johnson look like? I've I've been hearing he looks very impressive uh, in in person, especially with his height and his build. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one thing that kind of stood out uh, watching him first of all on Tuesday is that he you know he's a legit six two. Uh, sometimes you look at the I forget what they list him as either six two or six three, but sometimes you get him in camp and he's maybe six one, but uh, he's he's at least six feet two and a pretty good frame. Uh, throws the ball well. Uh, you know, I wouldn't describe him as raw. Uh, he's so early in camp, it's kind of hard to offer a critique of, of what he's doing, done up to this point. But uh, he's, he's, you know, he's a pretty, you can tell he's put the work in. Uh, he's going to have a lot of work ahead of him if he wants to get on the field this year. Uh, but just watch the eye test, I think he passes that. 
Uh, but there's some basics in terms of timing and mechanics. I'm sure they'll be working with them over the next few months. And I've been hearing also, especially some of the linemen like Pollard and Fletcher, seems like Coach Durning has put has got them really working hard in the last two months. Did you see some of that the other day, like the initial payoff from the new strength and conditioning coach? Yeah, yeah I expect I, that's where I think – I think that's why they really hired him is because those lines that – offensive and defensive lines at Charlotte are both very tough, big, guy, uh, big groups, and he's going to challenge those guys and make them put in the work – and I think that's what Southern Miss really needed, and I think that's why he's a good fit. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't really speak to uh, what kind of progress they made under him just watching them. It's always really kind of hard to uh, uh, to see something like that. It's really something that's something you see over time, and then you have to wait to see right. the results once they start the season. But I, th- I think he's a good fit for what they need there at Southern Miss. I think when you talk about expectations going into the fall, one of the things that, that Patrick just said is that right now, very early in the tenure, uh, of the spring is that the offense, the offensive structure isn't going to be a whole lot different, which is not what probably most Southern Miss fans would want to hear, right? I mean, the big complaint last year was, you know, the offense, the offense, the lack or lack thereof. So I, I would think one of the things that would want to try to get the word out is that it's not necessarily, even, even if it is structurally, maybe, right. we're going to try to do some things differently, you know, to, to attract. You know, people to come right. to a, to a football game. Yes. Yeah, Patrick. No more bubble screens. I was going to say, Patrick. Tell me, you didn't see any bubble screens in practice, did you? Uh, I, I wouldn't keep an eye on that. But I'm, you know, they, it, they're really going through basics. There really wasn't a whole lot of team drills uh, going on. And I think what I was really came away impressed with is how Abraham and those receivers. You know, Quez, Quez Watkins is not out there right now. Uh, he was throwing the ball to Tim Jones and and Trevor Terry and and guys like that. Jalen Adams. He was running second team. He looks. You know, fully healthy at this point. You know, maybe not 100, percent but uh, Abraham and those receivers really haven't lost a beat. If anything, they looked a little bit better throwing the ball. I thought Tim Jones will really look exceptional. Good. I think he's maybe do a breakout year, breakout season this year. But uh, to to Kelly's point, I mean, so many offenses across college football are very similar. Uh, if you run the spread offense, they're all kind of wrong, long have long lat, the same ladder. Uh, so I, I, you know, there's going to be little differences, but I mean, you know, the the the, the regular fan is not going to uh, be able to see any main uh, uh, differences between what Shannon Dawson and Buster Faulkner is going to have in place. So uh, it's just kind of one of those things you, you wait and see how he calls the game. All right, Patrick, hang on. We want to hold you over and talk a little Southern Miss baseball. Big series starting tonight at the Pete. Uh, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald on the show with us. We'll be back with more from Patrick right after this. Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Bob Getty, Dalton Stanford, all here for the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. If you're in town this weekend for baseball, be sure you stop by. They're on Hardy Street right across the street from the campus. You'll find the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere. And if you're not in town this weekend but you want to buy something nice, just go to CampusBookmart.net. We're talking to our buddy Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Had the football discussion. Let's change gears, Patrick. Big uh, weekend series starting tonight. Uh, apparently a pretty good Old Dominion team, I think like 15-4, and four, something like that, uh, coming into the peak to take on a USM team that, Patrick, I think it's fair to say seems to have found its footing again after a, a five-game losing streak. Yeah, at least in the lineup, I think we're, we've got an idea what they're going to have going forward with uh, Blaylock able to get in there at center field. Uh, he's just able to do a lot of different things at the plate uh, and, and just provide a little bit more pop, a little bit more – uh, he's, he's kind of shown that he can come up in the clutch with a big hit. He had that against Monroe again. Didn't have a big day, but had a hit when it counted against Monroe to really help Southern Miss come back and win that game. So I think the lineup, you know, I think they've still got room to grow and they can get a lot better. But right now I think they've kind of found their way as far as one through nine. We were talking about this the other day on the show, and I think the impact of uh, Coach Oz has really come to the surface here in the second year. Looking back, Patrick, do you recall a, a better performance, at least to this point in the season, from the bullpen than what we've seen this year? No, I don't. I, you know, that's one thing that I thought Chris uh, Ostrander really had to do whenever he got in uh, before last season. He had to build depth on the pitching staff. And I think he has really done that. Uh, the staff hasn't been perfect. A lot of that's due to injuries and stuff that have kind of popped up. Uh, but yeah, the the bullpen has been very good. J.C. Keys uh, looks like a you know a perfect fit there in the closer role. He's just going out there throwing heat. Uh, guys are having a hard time keeping up with him. So I think uh, he's figured out you know a, a solid group of pitchers to work with out of the bullpen, and everybody's contributing in their own way. You know, coming into a, to a home series, one of the things that Southern Miss has said that they've continued to, to have to work on is kicking the ball around a little bit. Right. And you just hope that in these closer games with maybe a little uh, stiffer competition with some of the better Conference USA teams, that that's, that's not going you know, to be a factor. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to hit the ball because they're not going to be a perfect fielding team this year. I, I, I just, that's just not going to be, uh, you know, uh, really, I think Hunter Slater is their best infielder there at first base at the moment so uh, uh it's it's just that's just what this team is they're going to have to hit the baseball and give themselves a little bit of room for error and they just weren't doing that the early going but they were able to do it last week against uh, louisiana tech to get that sweep on the road that was just massive i mean that really just ch- kind of changes the complexion of the season moving forward uh, that puts southern miss they're, they're not an at-large team right now uh, but they've certainly uh, got a chance with Old Dominion and some other teams up to get up in that top 40, top 50 RPI. You know, we talked about how the, the, the scheduling gods would normally put that Louisiana Tech game, or series rather, at the end. You know, two teams that you would project to be at the top. But the way the schedule has turned out now, you've got two of the big dogs off the schedule after this weekend. Right. And that's that's really huge because... Generally, this time of year, you're playing with a full deck as far as personnel goes. You know, injuries start to really mount up as the season goes on. So if you can play teams like La Tech and Old Dominion with all hands on deck and everybody healthy, certainly an advantage to where if some injuries do occur on down the road, at least you're not having to play you know, the top teams in the competition playing some of the bottom feeders. So that's something that may not 
be woven into the text at this point, but probably will be by the end of the season. Luke? Patrick, um, why do you think the RPI dropped so bad? I mean, you look at UNO, they got 12 wins. Um, you look at Gonzaga, they're probably going to win the West. USM beat Mississippi State. Uh, how did how did the bottom fall out of the RPI so quickly, and how come we only jumped up six after you know knocking a sweep in a, a top twenty RPI team last weekend? Well, as far as I can tell, the RPI went up ninety spots after they beat Louisiana Tech. They were they were at one hundred and eighty. Uh, uh, their midweek going into <laughs> so yeah, I mean it was up to that point they just didn't have any you know the state they beat state once. Purdue, Purdue has turned out to be a bad team. Uh, they swept them early on. Yeah, you beat Southern University. They just Southern just didn't have any quality win uh, going into that Tech series, other than the the opener against State, and they lost to Lafayette. So Southern Miss had just missed out on chances. But yeah, I mean Southern Miss was at 180 in RPI before the La Tech series, and they go on the road and, and you sweep a, a top 20 RPI team on the road. That's a huge difference maker, and they went up to like 89 or something along those lines. Uh, uh, after that series, now I think they're up around 85, 86, you know, eighty-three, something like that. Eighty-five uh, right now today, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's they've got a chance that you know this doesn't look like it's going to be a season where Southern Miss is going to be a two-bit league again. Uh, so Southern Miss really needs to focus on winning, winning a conference and sweeping Tech on its own field puts it in a great position to start the year. I don't think this is going to be a a year where somebody runs away with the conference. Southern Miss is probably going to be in a three or fourteen pack. Uh, kind of looking to to win it, so uh, a lot of work ahead for Southern Miss. Is this a good or bad RPI team they're playing this weekend from the standpoint of affecting their RPI? Uh, I think they're okay. I, I didn't check what ODU's RPI. I don't know if Luke can check that quickly, but they've uh, uh, ODU is a they've had a pretty good record up to this point. But I don't think they have a whole lot of great RPI wins on their uh, on their slates. But this will be one that you know it'll be key. There'll be some really bad RPI teams they play down the road, so. Uh, Old Dominion will be an important series for them to win. Well, while we still have Patrick on the horn, Bob, I wonder if I can switch gears and just ask a, a basketball question sure. right quick. Conference mm-hmm. USA, you know, and give them credit for thinking outside the box with this this pod, uh, you know, situation at the end of the season where they, you know, rescheduled some games there at the end, the top four teams, et cetera. In retrospect, now that, that one of those formats or a f- testing of that format is in the books, Patrick, What's what's the feedback? Good, bad, indifferent, or and going forward? Well, just talking to Southern Miss, I, you know, Doc Sadler, I don't think ever is going to be a fan of it. Uh, but if you talk to say Jeff Mitchell or somebody else, I think they realize that the pod play almost put Southern Miss in the NIT. Uh, they're late uh, being able to beat Old Dominion and uh, and, and UTSA, and then if they had to beat. Western Kentucky in the semifinal, Southern Miss would have been in the discussion for the IIT, possibly as one of the last teams in. Uh, so losing to Western but what really kept Southern Miss out is they lost Western Kentucky three times. And uh, and West Kentucky didn't get in IIT. So that was re- that one game may have kept Southern Miss out of the NIT. Uh, and, and, you know, and West Kentucky won that game straight up. Southern Miss did not play well. West Kentucky obviously was a better team considering they beat them three times. Uh, so, but Southern Miss was very much on the cusp of being an IT team, and if they had just gotten through Western Kentucky, they would have been there. And I'm not sure they would have been in that situation if not for pod play. 
And, and that's uh, what I wanted to follow up with because, you know, we've been, we're, we're openly critical sometimes of Conference USA on this show, and, and rightfully so, I think. I mean, somebody's got to be held accountable for things that, that don't go well. But on the other side of the coin, you have to be able to give them credit. The whole theory was is that by playing in those, in those pods that it would improve your RPI to jockey yourself into a position where you would be in a better position to play in those tournaments. And I would think now, you guys, in retrospect, and, and piggybacking what Patrick just said, Southern Miss's basketball RPI did improve significantly by playing those top three teams in that pod toward the end of the year. So that's what Conference USA wanted to have happen. Turns out that's what did happen. Right. But for a team like West Kentucky and Old Dominion, it, it wasn't going to move the needle a whole lot for them because they had all their big RPI games in early in the season, and, and their, their resume was kind of set. Uh, but, yeah, for teams that are maybe that fourth or fifth team uh, uh, in, the, in that top pod, it does help them. Weren't you a little surprised that Western Kentucky didn't make the NIT? No, uh, just because of their net rating uh, where they stood there at the end it just wasn't good enough i thought you know i think they would have you know if they would have been deserving if they were given a spot but i wasn't surprised that they were left out just how bad their net ranking was well and i hate to bring this up but but an explanation for the poor performance of the men's team in the tournament that they did play in patrick yeah i mean it was kind of a a recipe for disaster in a lot of ways uh that's a tough trip to make up to farmville you get up there the day before you got a bus from hattiesburg to new orleans fly from new orleans to atlanta then fly from atlanta to richmond and then bus from richmond to farmville virginia uh and they just kind of didn't have their legs up there and it was kind of obvious they just weren't able to play with the same energy as the team and it's in its home gym in basically a packed gym and that the uh, Longwood played really well. They hit the three pointers. They scored ninety points. Southern Miss ain't given up eighty points in the game up to that. Uh, so it was just it, it, things didn't work out. I wasn't surprised. I know some fans were kind of scratching their heads over losing to a Longwood, but uh, Longwood's a Division One team that plays in the Big South, and they have played good basketball off and on throughout the season in a fifteen and seventeen. But uh, for Southern Miss to make that trip up there and, and lose in a, in, a, in a situation like that it does not stun me. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I'm worried about, though, is the momentum that, that Doc and the guys had, had garnered toward the end of the year as far as fan support goes, too. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that that almost takes two steps back now with the way the season has, has now officially right. ended for them. All right, Patrick, we appreciate your time, man. Hope you have a great weekend. Are you coming to the Pete? Uh, I have Alan hitting a stringer for me. He'll be up there covering the game on Sunday. I got you. All right, Patrick, thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody. Coming up next, we're going out to Kansas City and talk to uh, William Carey head basketball coach Steve Knight as his team prepares for the second round of the NAIA National Championship Tournament. Stay with us. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks to Patrick McGee for joining us uh, in the first couple of segments. This segment sponsored, of course, by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Great place to enjoy lunch. Great place to enjoy dinner. Great place to uh, go have a good time, watch the game. 4th Street Bar and Grill. We appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. Our next guest is a member of the Southern Miss Sports Hall of Fame, the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, the winningest basketball coach in Mississippi history, the third winningest basketball coach in NAIA men's basketball history, a former baseball and basketball star at Southern Miss, a former professional baseball player, and now the coach of William Carey University. We welcome Steve Knight to the show. Coach, was that intro okay for you? That was great. <laughs> Wonderful. We we are not worthy. We are not worthy. It's, it's all true, Coach. I mean, it's all true. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Hey, I'm just trying to get another W today. There you go. Well, your guys <laughs> win yesterday in the opening round of the NAIA Nationals uh, as you uh, beat Peru State College. You play, I believe, at 445 this afternoon against Mid-American Christian College. Uh, which ironically defeated Tougaloo University from Mississippi yesterday, 73-64. you got to be feeling pretty good about things, Coach. Off to a good start out there. We are. We played exceptionally well yesterday. Um, you know, hadn't played since February 28th, and we were concerned about nerves and about the layoff, but we actually had a, had a lot of energy and a lot of confidence and got off to a really good start against a team um, that that really has Final Four talent. Peru State did. They were they have a guy who is uh, up for National Player of the Year, uh, and Lionel Hex Hexum, six eight, post player, forty three percent three point shooter. He ended up with thirty points and ten rebounds. <laughs> he just didn't get enough help. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but no, our guys are really focused. You know, this this tournament is such a grind. You have to win five games in seven days. Um, you know, you get here on a Sunday and or maybe a Monday, and then you've got events that you have to go to, and uh, you know, different things. And the most fun we've had, you know, we had a champion as a character. Um, program over at an elementary school for about an hour and a half one day and i didn't think i was going to get my guys to leave the gym Mm -hmm. uh it was just just wonderful and we've had it we've had a blast we we just we're ready the guys were really locked in we had shoot around at 11 o'clock this morning and put in our game plan for today and actually we play at 5 45 okay and possibly you know yesterday we had the same start time but we ended up playing, I think, uh, maybe 6.15 was the start. So mm-hmm. it, may, it may be a little late. You're, you're playing a number one seed the way that they have broken the tournaments down to like kind of four sub-tournaments, if you will. So kind of in your group, Coach, you're, you're playing a number one seed. You guys, I believe, were a, were a four seed. How do, they go, how do they go about determining when there's so many good teams, you know, who are the, the four one seeds and what brackets do they put them in? Or is it all just kind of random like the – like the NCAA does it. Well, they they'll take the top four off the uh, last top twenty-five poll and make them number one seeds, um, and then they'll they'll work down from there. And the the way they put the, the teams in it is sort of unique. You, you, by rule, you don't play another team that you've played during the regular season in your first game, and and then they try to separate teams like there were four SEC teams, SSAC teams in the tournament. We're all in four, we're in four different uh, brackets. 
So uh, it's just a situation where, you know, East Coast teams can't play late at night. West Coast teams can't play the first game. <laughs> it's crazy. It's hard to, hard to get those uh, quadrants filled out. Luke, jump in here. Another thing about uh, Bob, another thing about Coach Knight, he's officially an assistant professor. So I don't know if you wanted to call him that also. So many so <laughs> right. many titles, been so much right. uh, so much So many titles, so little about... time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coach, talk about some of your guys. Cameron Douglas and uh, Brandon Shepard yesterday, 19, 18 points. Shepard did a great job uh, on the boards. Talk about some of those guys that have led the way for your team. Yeah, you know, the first half it was Cam. We had a good matchup situation. You know, basketball is really all about your matchups. And uh, he was a little bit better offensively than the guy guarding was defensively. And he, he carried us, and uh, we did some isolation plays for him. And he, he just he, he, he was on fire. And then the second half, uh, you know, Brandon, Brandon was a little nervous, I think, the first half senior and uh, he really wanted to play well and he got a couple of fouls we had to sit him and uh, I think he had maybe had uh, four points at halftime and about three rebounds and just pulled him over to the side and said hey big guy it's on you Cam got us the first half this half's on you and uh, he did he did a great job I'm, I'm real happy for those guys uh, you know the whole team obviously played well you know uh, we only had three turnovers the first half and so that allowed us to really uh, – you won't believe it by the score, but we were trying to slow the game down. <laughs> and it ended up being, you know, we scored 95 points, but they were fouling a lot late. But uh, we got the pace going our way, and we, we took advantage of their inability to guard us uh, off the bounce and off the dribble. And um, guys, guys played well. And, you know, one of our better games of the season – you know, through the process of elimination, Coach Knight, you, coaches learn, you know, some things work and some things don't. You know, and, and as time has gone on, you guys, have, your different teams have been to that, the national tournament a, a good number of times. How are you differently, perhaps, preparing, prepared your team going into this one than, than other ones? Anything differently? Um, well, me personally, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm having fun and I'm not grinding them. You know, we deserve to be out here, Good and we're going to go out here and have fun. So, personally, I've relaxed. Uh, whereas in the past, uh, you know, I, I've kind of put the thumb down on them and say we got to do it this way. Well, that hadn't worked, so I said I'm smart enough. We're going to change. We're going to come out here and be <laughs> loose and play, and uh, I'm going to be positive and stay positive. Uh, it's a reward. Um, we're in the national tournament. That's what we've been fighting for all season. So let's have some fun. And, uh, you know, as far as preparation and that sort of thing, I've kind of, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just not as antsy about doing everything exactly right. And, uh, sometimes I get that way. So, uh, we've just enjoyed ourselves. I think the whole trip, uh, whether we win or lose, uh, this evening, it's just been a great experience. And um, I told the guys early in the season after, you know, we got off to a two and three start and then, uh, you know, got a couple big wins and some confidence because we have so many new guys. We figured out this team's not going to be one of our our teams that averages 95 points a game. We're, we're better controlling the ball. We don't turn it over. We've got 120 less turnovers on the year than our opponents. 
so we, we take care of the ball and we can play pretty good defense and and that's what wins out here. So I felt better about this team coming out here than uh, any team I've brought out here in a long time because of those reasons. I wonder if the guys were sitting around going, God, what's up with Coach Knight? He's so laid back. Is, what, <laughs> what happened is, is, yeah, is oh, he okay? Yeah, that, <laughs> is he okay? <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, – Coach, why, why haven't you been like this all year? <laughs> I said, hey, had to – had to get you to this point. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, real quick, Coach, before we run out of time, what about this ball club you're about to play this afternoon? Well, they're they're a hot team. Uh, um, you know, they won their conference tournament in the, in the Sooner Athletic Conference, which is a really good, tough league. And, um, you know, they're long. They've got uh, some big guys who can step out and shoot the three, just like Peru. But they've got a couple of small guards that have excellent quickness that Peru State did not have. They had more size on the perimeter. So I think they're a little bit longer than we are at every position, uh, three through four, through five, but uh, I think we'll match up pretty well with their guards. So it's, it's not a bad matchup for us. You know, we just got to do the same thing and control the ball and make open shots and get stops. But they're playing with a lot of confidence. That's, that's one thing I've noticed. All right, Coach, you know all of us are, are 150% behind you, man, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck this evening. And really thank you for taking the time out of a busy schedule out there to talk to us bombs. And there seems to be some controversy sure. real quick, quick Coach. Now, you're good at, at knowing, obviously, talent in college basketball. Clearly, Iowa State's going to win the national tournament in the NCAA, are they not? He's drinking again, uh, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kelly, don't put too many – uh, no, don't salt into putting some money on that. No, don't say it. <laughs> they might get one. Uh, they might. They might get Ohio State tonight. I think you're right. right. Maybe they might get one. Coach, best of luck to you. We always enjoy okay. talking to you. Thank you, guys. All right, Appreciate Coach it. Steve Knight, everybody at William Carey University, the winningest basketball coach in the history of Mississippi. It was a baseball star, and it's always been odd to me. Well, and I asked. You know, that's a, one of the most often asked questions he get is, gets is why did he choose basketball over right. baseball? He just thought that to be able to impact the lives of, of guys that play basketball and, to, and to, to really be able to focus more one-on-one with them and boy has he developed his craft you know, as a coach. No question. Great coach, even greater guy. I think everybody on the show agrees to that. Alright, when we come back, uh, Luke will get you updated on all things happening at Southern Miss this weekend. Don't go anywhere. To the Eagle Hour. I want to thank William Carey, head basketball coach Steve Knight, for joining us, as well as Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun Herald. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Carter's Jewelry, located in Pendle, Mississippi. Check them out on social media Facebook, Instagram, and of course that famous SMTTT line. Carter's Jewelry, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. On a beautiful Friday, 
from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, beautiful downtown Laurel, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, and Michael Mergens. Full slate of activities, contests uh, this weekend. Of course, Lady Eagles last night advance when their first uh, round game in the Women's Basketball Invitational over Nichols State. They defeated Nichols 77-71. to <laughs> Megan Brown, the senior, uh, led with 18 points in 26 minutes. Shantae Hills also chipped in 16 points. Lady Eagles now host North Alabama 6 p.m. Monday night. Softball's out in Texas against UTSA. Uh, doubleheader tomorrow and then a game Sunday. Beach volleyball uh, taking on Tulane and Georgia State. Uh, today, actually, the Georgia State beach volleyball contest while we're talking. And then, of course, baseball hosting Old Dominion uh, tonight starting at 6 p.m. Bob, wanted to give uh, you guys the Conference USA baseball slate yes, this please. weekend and then talk a little little RBI, so our right. RPI. Right. So Marshall at Charlotte, Western Kentucky at Florida International, Louisiana Tech at Middle Tennessee, UTSA at Rice, Florida at or, uh, UTSA at uh, – that's wrong. Florida Atlantic is at Rice. Let me get this uh, – who is – UTSA at Rice, sorry, Florida Atlantic at UAB, I'm sorry. So Florida Atlantic at UAB, UTSA at Rice, and, of course, Old Dominion at Southern Miss. From an RPI standpoint, only two teams in Conference USA in the top 100, Louisiana Tech at 61, Southern Miss at 85. Only four teams in the top 150, Florida Atlantic at 103, Old Dominion at 117, Rice at 156, and then UTSA, Charlotte, Marshall, and FIU uh, from about 160 to 180. UAB, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, all south of 200. Not a good RPI uh, start for Conference USA in baseball. Well, not really surprising. Of course, you have to make room for every SEC team, right, Kelly? They have to be in the top 20 RPI. Then every ACC team has to be in the top 30 RPI. And so it doesn't leave a lot of room for conferences like uh, USA. What is what is frustrating for all the teams in Conference USA is even if you tend to business and win games in your league, right? It's not going to help your RPI, right? Because the other teams in the league, you know, are, are those well, lower Luke numbers. Luke made such a good point to me yesterday. You made this point, Luke. How, how does a team that's only has given Mississippi State one of only two losses it's had all year? How are they the 180th ranked RPI team in the country at one point? That makes no sense, does it, Luke? It doesn't. Uh, but talking about um, the conference where it just means more, 10 teams in the top 40 right now in uh, – in RPI, I think five in the top 25 and four in the top 11. So it just means more. No, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. But it's not, it, it's not, a, it's not a problem that is exclusive to Conference USA, though. No. I just happen to be looking at the Southland Conference, which is our, kind of our neighbor to the west with, with um, you know, University of New Orleans, Nichols, McNeese, Northwestern State. Good, good it, programs. They are good programs, but because they, you know, you look at the first place team in the league might be 4-0, but their overall record is 13-15. and 15. Right. You know, that, that, that type of situation. So when they go outside of their conference to try to improve their RPI, they're playing, you know, bigger schools with better RPIs, and they wind up getting beat. 
Mm-hmm. All right, so it goes as a loss yeah. on the win-loss record, uh, and because they didn't necessarily win the game, their RPI isn't isn't really being helped. So it just it just further segregates the haves from the have-nots, and more and more one-bid conferences. Uh, you know what you have to do? You just have to keep winning. You just have to keep playing and winning. And you and I have had this discussion many times, Kelly. Go out and enjoy watch enjoy watching Southern Miss play baseball. It's a proud program, a rich history. Go out and enjoy the games and don't give a second thought to what the RPI is compared to such and such school and such and such conference. Just go enjoy college. And I think the RPI really is just a convenient excuse. You know, That's what Patrick has said before. It's a, it's a laziness, he thinks. In the yeah, that if, that if the committee doesn't want to put you in there, they can just say, uh, well, uh, yeah, their, their RPI isn't very good. Right. Yeah, that's well, it. Well, it starts like – the other issue is it's like preseason football polls. If you have a really good team and you start down, you don't have really that much time to, to get up. Like, if you basically arrive to the, the ranking party late in their minds, then by the end of the season, guess what? You're still on the outside looking in. But if you are if you start at the top, you know, and, and then you win a couple games, you're going to stay at the top. That's what the problem with the Eagles right now. I, I think right now the worst thing that hurts us is probably not it's, – it's Purdue not being good and, and losing the series to Gonzaga. Even though Gonzaga is a top 50 RPI team right now, we were so high that when we lost, we fell so low. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but scheduling is also a crapshoot because it's not like you can call Purdue two months ago. And right. say, hey, yeah. why don't you guys right. come? Right. You know, you right. got to do scheduling two or three years in advance. They were a good team the last couple of years. They were. Yeah, that's right. Well, go out and enjoy the baseball games tonight. Six o'clock, two o'clock tomorrow, one o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Women's basketball back on the campus Monday afternoon, Monday night. Lots of stuff to look forward to. And the weather's going to be perfect, guys. Great weekend. Cyclone, cyclones, baby, over Iowa City. I'm telling you, take it to the bank. I'm telling you. Take it to the bank, Kelly Santer. All right. Boy, it's the drinking. He just doesn't settle well with him. We'll be back uh, Monday at 1 o'clock. I uh, hope you'll join us then. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.